comforting verses in the New Testament, in the book of Romans, concerning uh, this subject of security. And so we're going to consider some thoughts on the security we find in Christ here tonight. And uh, we'll begin here in Romans chapter 8. And I want to just read verse number 1 before we uh, turn and read towards the end of the chapter where we're kind of at to verse number 28. Romans chapter 8, verse number number 1. The Bible says, There is therefore now no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus, who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. There's definitely some security. There's no condemnation. Uh, Verse number 28. Again, we looked at this last week. A promise to suffering saints. And we know that all things work together for good to them that love God, to them that are called according to his purpose. For whom he did foreknow, he also did predestinate to be conformed to the image of his Son, that he might be to the firstborn among many brethren. Moreover, whom he did predestinate, them he also called. And whom he called, he also justified. And whom he justified, them he also glorified. What shall we say to these things? If God be for us, who can be against us? He that spared not his own son, but delivered him up for us all, how shall we not with him also freely give us all things? Who shall lay anything to the charge of God's elect? It is God that justifies. Who is he that condemneth? It is Christ that died. Yea, rather, he is risen again, who is even at the right hand of God, who also maketh intercession for us. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or peril or sword? As it is written, for thy sake, we are killed all the day long. We're accounted as sheep for the slaughter. Nay, in all things, we are more than conquerors through him that loved us. For I'm persuaded that neither death nor life nor angel nor principalities nor powers nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other creature shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus, our Lord. I'll consider this thought here, the security we find in Christ. Let's pray as we consider this subject here tonight. Father, thank you again uh, for your word. I thank you again for this time. We can look at this last chapter here uh, these last verses here in the, in the book of Romans chapter 8 and help us, Lord, again, to be able to see, again, a, a strong foundation that we can put our faith in as we can find it here in the Word of God. Help us, Lord, to see the security we have in God and in salvation, our association with God and the love that he has for us. Again, just bless this time as we meet again. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, I just want to mention, we're going to talk a little bit to begin with about the subject of security. And uh, you'll notice, maybe, or maybe you wouldn't notice, but in this building, there is some security that was installed before we bought the building years and years ago in 2001, bought the building, purchased the building in 2001. Anyways, there was security in this building. And again, the security that it had in this building is obsolete, doesn't work, it wouldn't uh, probably work, maybe it would work if we started it up, but I just want to mention security is something people are searching for. I mean, you see more and more people are searching for security. Uh, You can install an expensive 
security system in your house if you'd like to today. You can have someone wire it in. You can have someone put it in. Uh, but today, I mean, with technology and all that kind of thing, we have Simply Safe, and and uh, more and more people have ring at their door. Not door ring, but ring at their door so they can see what's going on outside their door. Um, there's security, again, when it comes to a lot of different things. You see more security now in zoos. You see security with uh, barriers, gates, uh, different stoppers. You can even put a stopper in front of your door. They'll stop someone from opening it. There's kind of a device that you can put against the door, and that can also help, again, secure a door at night if you're concerned about security. There's security devices now for windows. or security cameras that you can buy for your home and any kind of place like that or security uh, locks or security uh, banks or security investments or secure jobs. Uh, people like security. They like things to be secure. But you know, there's no security without Jesus Christ. No true security without Jesus Christ. And we see this in this chapter. In Romans chapter 8, I want to read that verse 1 again. There's now no condemnation to them that are in Christ Jesus. There's no condemnation. I mean, we could be condemned as believers by the government. We could be condemned in so many different ways by different sources, but there's no condemnation to them that are in, right, uh, in Christ Jesus. I want to say this also about our security that is in Christ Jesus. It's not based on performance. It's based on position. And you know this, most of us, I mean, I'm not saying most like those here, but most of us are emotional creatures. Sometimes we're, we feel secure. Sometimes you don't feel secure. Maybe after a storm, you know, you're not feeling so secure. Maybe a tree lands close to your house and you're thinking, whoa, that tree just about hit our house. I don't feel secure. But again, as you look at the word of God, it should give us security. And it does give us security in several different uh, ways here in Romans chapter 8. And so I want to consider how you can find security in Christ. First of all, we find security in salvation. There's security in salvation. Uh, we see this in verse number 28. It says that we know that all things work together for good to them that love God, to them that are called according to his purpose. That is for Christians. It's not for the world. Not everything works together for good for everyone. It works together for those who are believers. And so there's some security in being a child of God. Verse number 29, it says, For whom he did for no." He also did predestinate to be conformed to the image of his son, that he might be the firstborn among many brethren. Moreover, whom he did predestinate, them also he called. And whom he called, them he also justified. And whom he justified, them he also glorified. If you look at verse number 30, when it comes to salvation, it almost looks like it's all of God. I mean, you look at there and the, and the person who's Calvinistics might say, it's truly all of God. It says, uh, moreover, it says, whom he did predestinate, them he also called. And whom he called, he also justified. And whom he justified, then he also glorified. But I want you to see here this evening, we are secure in salvation based on God's work of not only predestination, but also his 
his work of glorification. You see God's work in predestination. I just want you to see this a little bit here. And again, we could talk about this further, but I just want to mention that verse number 29 says, For whom he did for no, he also did predestinate to be conformed to the image of his Son, that he might be the firstborn among many brethren. So God foreknows. God knows who's going to be saved. It's no shock to God when someone does get saved. I mean, there's rejoicing in heaven over every sinner that repents, but God does know the, the word predestination sometimes scares people when they think about God knowing. God knows who will be saved, and God will make everyone that is saved, it mentions there verse number uh, 29, to be predestinated to the image of his Son. Every believer will be like Jesus. Not all like in their likeness of Jesus, but will be like Jesus. He does the work of changing and working the lives of believers. You see this in Ephesians chapter 2, verse 8, and 8 through 10. I'm not going to turn there, but let's turn to Isaiah uh, chapter 46. Uh, foreknowledge doesn't mean that he chooses. It just means that, as it mentions here, that those that do choose salvation will be conformed to the image of his Son. And, and that gives us security. Every believer will be like Jesus. Certainly different degrees, certainly different growth. Isaiah chapter 46 and verse number 9 and verse number 10, it says, Remember the former things of old, for I am God and there is none else. I am God and there is none like me, declaring the end from the beginning, from ancient times of things that are not yet done, saying, my counsel shall stand, I will do according to my pleasure. Declaring from the end to beginning. He knows from the beginning to the end. You know, if someone really wanted to know about Bible prophecy, you say, where would you get that information? From some fortune teller or something like that? No, you would get that from God and from his word. And so we see security in God's predestination. Again, Someone says the predestination, yes, predestinated to be conformed to the image of his son. Let's turn back there to Romans uh, chapter 8 there. Secure in salvation. We have bulletproof salvation. I say that bulletproof. There's nothing that can change our salvation. There's no circumstance that can come into our life that could change our salvation. There's no personality that can come along that could change our salvation. There's no change in our faith that could change our salvation. And so we see security in Jesus Christ. Romans chapter 8 there, verse number 30, it says, Moreover, whom he did predestinate, them he also called. Whom he called, he also justified. And whom he justified, he also glorified. So every believer is going to go through this process. Every believer goes through this process. Called by God to salvation. It mentions that. Justified by grace in Jesus Christ will one day be glorified in heaven. That's it. Every believer goes through that process. It's not different for any of them. Turn to Colossians chapter 3. If you were going to an average church, I just want to mention this. Most churches do not teach what we call 
uh, eternal security. In other words, once someone has been saved by grace, they're kept by grace, and they will be saved no matter what they experience in life, no matter what they might think in life, what they might do in life. Uh, believers are called, they're justified, and they are glorified. Colossians chapter 3 and uh, verse number 4, the Bible says, When Christ, who is our life, shall appear, then shall ye also appear with him in glory. Now, those last verses in the Bible, uh, that verse, about half of the verse underlined, it says, Then shall they also appear with him in glory. When he appears... We're going to glory. There's not, you know, some possibility it's of someone so-called getting saved and then getting lost or partly being saved, etc. There's a perfect kind of salvation. It's by grace, kept by grace, and we continue in grace. Let's turn to John chapter 10. Now, someone might argue differently. Someone might say what you believe is not right. There are people that are Armenians that believe in uh, what you do. You need to hold out faithful, so to speak. And whatever that faithfulness is, I do not know, and I don't think they define it well, but you've got to hold out faithful to have salvation. No, that's, that's not a Bible kind of salvation. John chapter 10, verse number 27, the Bible says, My sheep hear, me, uh, my, sheep hear my voice. I know them and they follow me and I give unto them eternal life and they shall never perish. Neither shall any man pluck them out of my hand. My father, which, is, which gave them me, is greater than them all and no man is able to pluck them out of my father's hand. Talk about security. There's no way for a believer to end up in hell. There's just no way. There's no way for a child of God not to meet Jesus Christ in the rapture. There is no way for a Christian not to be saved by grace. And so we see a bulletproof salvation here that's mentioned in the Bible. What God has started, God will complete. And so turn back to our text here, John chapter 8, verse number 30. It says, Moreover, when he did predestinate, and so he's even work, he works in bringing people to salvation. Again, you see in the book of John, again, no man can come up to God except God draw him. And so God's in this drawing process and then people respond to that drawing and believe on the Son and they're saved by grace. Uh, but it mentions here the predestination, they're called, they're justified, and then they're glorified. Same process. Every believer goes through that. It's like life, secure. Are you secure in a bulletproof salvation? Do you have a salvation that you never lose, a salvation that was given you as a gift, is kept as a gift. And then I want to say, secondly, there's security here, as is mentioned by Paul in association. Let's pick up there in verse number 31. It says, what shall we say then uh, to these things? If God be for us, who can be against us? He that spared not his own son, but delivered him up for us all, how shall he not yet uh, with him, also freely give us all things. Who shall lay anything to charge of God's elect? It is God that justifies. Who is he that condemneth? Is Christ that died? Yea, rather, he is risen again. Who is even at the right hand of God, who maketh intercession for us? The security, let me say this secondly, association. Being in Christ. 
being in Christ is a very secure place to be. Here's Christ, I'm in Him. If you're in the same position, you're in Him. There's no more secure place than having God as our God, as our Father, as our Creator, as our personal Savior. Let's turn to Hebrews chapter 13. One might say, uh, there's security maybe in you know, this, this particular place in South Africa. It's a pretty secure place. Missionaries will talk about uh, maybe going to South Africa and finding a place where they can find a secure home that maybe has security guards around it and security gates around it and that sort of thing. And they'll say this is a very secure place. It may be in some ways. I'm not saying it's not. But there's no more secure place to be than to be associated in a, in a right relationship with God. Hebrews chapter 13, verse number 5. It says, Let your conversation be without covetousness, and be content with such things as you have, for he saith, I will never leave thee, nor forsake thee. There's no association like that. There's no person that you can count on like God. There's security in having God as your Savior. There's security in having him as your friend. There's security in having a true relationship with Jesus Christ. There's no security outside that. You go back to our text there in Romans chapter 8 there, it mentions this security comes through adoption. This security in the book of Romans comes through grace. This security comes through the blood. This security comes from Jesus Christ. Romans chapter 8, verse number 14, it says, For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. For you have not received the spirit of bondage again to fear, but you have received a, a spirit of adoption whereby you cry, Abba, Father. You know, no one can find security in their emotions, but they can find security in associations. There's no better place to be than being on God's side. You know, kids will tease about, we've got our secret weapon. <laughs> They're playing the game. We've got our secret weapon. We'll bring, we'll bring out our secret weapon. And our secret weapon is going to help them win the game or beat the other team. Well, there's no better secret weapon, so to speak, than having God on your side. In verse number 32 of this chapter, it says, He spared not his own son, but delivered him up for us all. How shall he not with him also give... Uh, how, sorry, how shall... He not with him also freely give us all things. See that association. Someone giving their life for you would certainly be willing to give you anything. Can you imagine being in a situation where someone would give up their life for you? I mean, we see the example of Isaac being given up by Abraham. And again, that's certainly an example of someone loving God, showing their love for God. Well, let's turn to Revelation chapter 6. You want to be on the right side spiritually. You know, we all start out on the wrong side spiritually, but I can encourage you right now, get on the right, right side spiritually if you're not on the right side spiritually. You need God to be your ambassador. You need God to be your father. You need God again to be... Again, in control of your life, you need to be God before you, not against you. If God be for us, who can be against us? 
Revelation here, chapter 6, and verse number 15, the Bible says, The kings of the earth and the great men and the rich men, the chief captains and the mighty men and every bondman and every free man hid themselves in the dens and in the rocks of the mountains and said unto the mountains and the rocks, Fall on us and hide us from the face of him that sitteth on the throne from the wrath of the Lamb. For the great day of his wrath is come. And who shall be able to stand? You know, there's coming a day when people will be on the wrong side spiritually. And they'll call for rocks to fall on them because of the wrath of the Lamb. Yes, he came as a lamb, as a substitute to save you from, the sin, from your sin, but he will come there as a lamb, the Bible says, with wrath. Or as a lion as he's also described as the lion of the tribe of Judah. God is able to save us. God is that one that puts us in the right association. God is always pro-believer, pro-saint, pro-us, never against us. Let's turn to Romans chapter 8. Never against us. Like, you know, someone be... You know, if you do maybe something wrong, you know, you'd be, on the, you'd, be, you'd be part of the black sheep or you do something wrong and maybe someone might, uh, you know, change the way they might operate uh, uh, when it comes to you and your life and, and those things like that. But uh, Romans chapter 8 mentions, if God be for us, who can be against us? Again, it's, it's good to be on the right side spiritually. Let me read a little bit here in Psalm chapter 71. Very comforting for Christians here. Uh, we find here in our association with the safety that we have in God, the security we have in God. Psalm 91 verse 1, it says, He that dwelleth in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. I will say to the Lord, He is my, rock, my refuge and my fortress, my God in whom I trust. Surely he shall deliver me from the snare of the fowler, from the noisome pestilence. He shall cover thee with his feathers, and under his wings shalt thou trust. His truth shall be thy shield and buckler. Thou shalt not be afraid of the terror of the night, nor the arrow that flieth by nay, nor the pestilence that walketh in the darkness, nor the destruction that wasteth in the noonday. A thousand shall fail at thy side, and 10,000 at thy right hand, but it shall not come to thee, nigh to thee. Only with thine eyes shalt thou behold and see the reward of the wicked. It goes on and says a number of different things. It mentions here how God is for us, how God protects us, and God gives security. And so we find security in Christ. Do you have that security tonight? Let's turn back to Romans chapter 8. Romans chapter 8. Questions that Paul mentions here in verse 31. What shall we say then if God be for us, who could be against us? Wouldn't seem like anybody would want to be against us. And then verse number 33, I want to move on here. The security we have in Christ is found in a, in a bulletproof kind of situation here. A bulletproof salvation a bulletproof kind of association. And then I want to mention here, thirdly and finally, a bulletproof kind of a love. In verse number 35, who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation, 
or distress, or persecutions, or famine, or nakedness, or peril, or sword, as is written, for thy sake, we are killed all the day long, we are counted as sheep for the slaughter, nay, in all these things, we are more than conquerors through him that loved us. For I am persuaded neither death nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor power, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other creature shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus. You know, we are even, you think about it, as a believer, we could be, again, maybe in a situation where someone might accuse us. And uh, the Bible mentions, uh, might accuse us of something there. In verse number 33, it says, Who shall lay any, uh, uh, anything to charge against God's elect? Is is God that uh, justified? Who is he that condemneth? It is Christ that died, yea, rather, he that is risen, even at the right hand of God, who maketh intercession for us. Who is it that loves the believer? God does. God does. God the Father does. God the Son does. God the Spirit does. You say, how do I know that he loves me? Well, you see there through intercession, it says, in verse number 34, who maketh intercession for us. You know, if nobody else is making intercession, the Son is making intercession for the believer. You see, back there in verse number 26, not only is the Son making intercession for the believer, but the Holy Spirit is making intercession for the believer. Verse 26, likewise, the Spirit also helpeth our infirmities, and we know not what we should pray for as we ought, for the Spirit itself maketh intercession for us with groanings that cannot be uttered. How do we know that God loves us as believers? He intercedes for us. When Satan makes a charge of guilty, I don't know exactly what God does, but he would say, sorry, he's pardoned, he's forgiven, he's acquitted. Satan might call and say, you know, look at that sinner. And yet Jesus will say, no, forgiven. Look at that backslider. No, he's under the blood. Look at so-and-so, they have no one, yet they have Jesus. Secure in his love. Let's turn to Romans chapter 5. How do I know I'm secure in his love? Through his intercession. But let me say, secondly, through his acts of sacrifice, that he's already done for me and continues to do for me especially the sacrifice on the cross. Romans chapter 5, verse number 6, it says, For when we were without strength, in due time Christ died for the ungodly, for scarcely for a righteous man will one die. Yet peradventure for a good man, some would even dare to die, but God commended his love toward us, and that while we were yet sinner, Christ died for us. Secure in someone that prays for you. Can you imagine someone praying for you on a regular basis? Certainly that person loves you. Christ loves me. The Spirit of God prays for me. But not only that, Jesus gave his life to save me when I was an ungodly person. It mentions that, verse number six. He died for the ungodly. He died for sinners. He died to save me and he died to save you. And so someone says, 
How can you be secure in God's love? I'm secure in a relationship that God will never stop loving me. Never stop loving me. We see that in his intercession, he, he loves me. We see it in his sacrifice, he loves me. We turn back there to verse number 34. I, we see that in his interest towards us, he loves us. Verse number 34, who is he that condemneth? It is Christ that dieth, yea, rather, that is risen from the dead, who is even at the right hand of God, who maketh intercession for us. Skip to verse 39. Nor height, nor debt, nor any other creature shall separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus. Christ has interest in us. No one would pray for someone who they didn't have interest in. Parents will pray for their children. Church members will pray for their pastors. People in the church might pray for their missionaries, whatever it might be. Whoever we have interest in. Say, how does someone show love through sacrifice, through intercession, through interest, through investment? Verse number 32, it mentions there, he spared not his own son, he delivered him up for us all. How shall he not with him also freely give us all things? Everything we need, anything we need, is at our disposal. And so God put his spirit in us to teach us. He has given us a new name and he's given us, again, the ability to follow the Bible and read the Bible. He's interested in us. He invested in us. And he's unwilling to separate from us. Again, we see all these things that could separate maybe someone from somebody else. And uh, let's look at these things here, if we could, just a little bit here. Verse number 35. What are some circumstances that could separate maybe you from somebody else when it comes to love? I think, again, these are talking about things that we go through, but also things that could, uh, again, maybe separate us when it comes to love. It says, who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation... You know, sometimes tribulation, troubles, whatever, might separate someone when it comes to love. But it'll never separate a Christian from the love of God. Never. Tribulation's not going to separate. Distress. What is distress? It's oppressive circumstances. Sometimes in a situation you might find two people that seemingly love each other and are, are in a good relationship with each other and then all comes some oppressive circumstances come along and they separate these individuals. It's kind of like the Civil War, the North and the South, families separated way back then. Distress may separate, but it's not going to separate us from the love of God. Should persecutions? No. Persecutions won't. Famine won't. Times when we lack won't. Nakedness, it mentions they're great. Again, need at that time. Peril. And then none of these things will separate us. They're sword. None of these things. Turn to 2 Corinthians chapter 11. Did Paul feel like at any point in his life, I mean, as far as we can tell from the scripture, did he feel like he was ever separated from the love of God? No. There's no way he could wrote this. There's no way he could come to that kind of conclusion. God mentions this to help us to understand that God's love is constant, 
It's secure. It's been proved. It's been shown. There are things that might separate others, but they're not going to separate us from the Lord Jesus. 2 Corinthians chapter 11, starting verse number 23, Paul writes about his life experiences, and it says here, Are there ministers of Christ? I speak as a fool, I more, in, in labors more abundant, and stripes above measure, and prisons more frequent, and deaths off. Of the Jews, five times I received 40 stripes, say one, 39 times five. That's a lot of, that's a lot of beaten there. Thrice was I beaten with rods. It's another beating that took place. Once I was stoned, thrice uh, suffered shipwreck. A night and a day I spent the deep. In uh, journeys often, in perils of water, in perils of robbers, in perils of my country, in perils by the heathen, in perils in cities, in perils in the wilderness, in perils in my, amongst false braves, the brethren, and wearying and painfulness, and watchings often, and hunger and thirst, and fasting often, and cold and nakedness. Paul experienced a lot. But he wrote, there's nothing. None of these things, these tribulations, distresses, persecution, famines, nakedness, which is mentioned there, peril or sword, are able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus. That is security. That is real security. We read on there, verse number 36, it says, As it is written, for thy sake we were killed all the day, uh, we are killed all the day long. We are counted as sheep for the slaughter. Nay, in all things we are more than conquerors through him that love us, loved us. For I'm persuaded that neither death. And so he's going to mention some other things, and I just want to mention these. These are some things that maybe might separate people when it comes to love or persons when it comes to love. It mentions here several things. I'm persuaded that neither death, nor life, nor angel, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor debt, nor any other creature shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Secure in a love that never let us go. Secure in a love that will never let us go. Not death, not experiences in life, not principalities or powers that might come into our place, and again, spiritual powers, nor time, things present nor things to come, nor space, no height, nor depth, nor any other creature shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus. That's security. Security. Do you have that kind of security here tonight? Oh, you can take your house and you can put a fence around it. You take your life and try to protect yourself with insurance and all kinds of things. But we see a security here in the Bible in a relationship with Jesus Christ in salvation, in association, and there you find in the case of love. Nothing shall separate us from the love of God. Verse 35, who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or peril or sword? 
Verse 37, nay, in all things, we are more than conquerors through him that loved us. For I am persuaded that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor debt, nor any other creature shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus. There's no personalities. There's no circumstances. There's no persons, nor time, nor space, nor anything that can separate a believer from the love of Christ. And again, that's good to know. And so let's close in prayer as we consider the word of God here tonight.